Welcome. Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast, where we cover anything related to behavior change that will increase your long-term wellness and happiness. And now, here are your hosts, personal trainer and RNs, Matt and Jenna Lane. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Jenna. This podcast is all about implementing behavior change for your long-term wellness and happiness. Both Jenna and I are registered nurses, and I'm a personal trainer. Today, we wanted to have a good friend already back on. Already back on. We wanted to have a good friend back on. Um, he was on a previous episode. Mr. Andrew Martin, thank you for coming on, good sir. Thanks for having me. We wanted to pick your brain about what the heck is going on with the stock market, with the financial what looks to maybe a recession, I don't know, um, because of the coronavirus. And if you guys are just now tuning in live, we're going to we're gonna answer some questions here. Is one of y'all's phones on? Is it my, maybe it's my phone. Is it mine? No, it was my phone. Yeah. I was over here about to shame y'all and it was my phone. Blaming me. <laughs> um, so we go live um, every now and then. Andrew was like, let's go live. Let's do this. So we're going to do it. Um, yeah. At the top of every show, we hit you with our... Gratitude point. This gratitude point is something that should shift your perspective. And uh, it could be something large, could be something small. And what a perfect time to shift your own perspective that the sky Mm -hmm. is not falling. Um, I'm going to go first. And I want to say that I have a computer that's actually right over there that's helping us do what we're doing here. And without that computer, we would not be able to put out the content that we Mm -hmm. want. Um, It's not the technology part. It's the fact that it helps convey this message. And hopefully someone out there, it rings a bell. It does something for them. That's awesome. Jenna, what's your gratitude point? Um, so I'm thankful for you both for different reasons. One, of course, um, I'm thankful, Matt, for your foresight to say, hey, look, we need to seek advice financially. And Andrew, thank you for being that person uh, to help guide us. And um, make sure that even during these times, we're we're not freaking out, panicking. Yep. Seriously, thank you. Yeah, sure. yeah, my pleasure. Um, I'll just say, and this is pretty broad. Just I'll, I'll say the people in my life, and that includes my family and friends. So that includes you guys, and I'm I'm blessed with an, an incredible family, and we make an effort to spend time together as often as we can, and very supportive and loving, and you know, same for my good friends and. As you get older, your circle, you know, kind of thins and there's Mm -hmm. only, yeah, you know, there's only, um, you know, a handful of people that, uh, you know, you can truly be yourself around. And I I appreciate you guys and I appreciate you accepting me for me and, um, you know, just always being there. Absolutely. Yeah. Before we hopped on the mics, we were very fearful that we had already hit publish on the live because we were talking, (laughs) talking about some just funny stuff that's, you know, it's funny and it's off the air kind of stuff, but, um, (laughs) so you want to make sure we don't bring it up now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and (laughs) are you sure? (laughs) Yes, I do. Um, this is a professional podcast and channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys are listening to this in playback, this uh, I'm going I'm going to repost this to the DBTYE podcast YouTube channel. But as of right now, it is live on uh, the Matt Lane Fitness YouTube channel. If you want to help this show, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all those pod, all those podcast platforms, but also the BTYE podcast YouTube channel. We truly, truly appreciate it. Now, hopping, hopping into this topic. And I just want to say, yeah. for those of you that are already here, 
Richard, Oase, Nikki Bats, and Candace, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank y'all. I appreciate Um, you being here. And y'all that join us later, um, you know, ask ask questions. Yeah. Y'all that are here, ask questions that you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you may be thinking about things that we haven't even really thought about. Yeah, feel free to jump in anytime on my part. And why in the world are we talking about finances. Why are we talking about the stock market? Well, we have somebody that's highly qualified and that is Andrew. Again, he was on one of the previous podcasts and um, we wanted to get him on here to talk about the cascading events that is happening because of the coronavirus. It's so widespread. It's so just, obviously it's a very huge, it's a pandemic. It's a very big deal. Um, But I'll be honest, like I didn't realize that it was going to have this much of a financial impact until it's just sort of snuck up and it seems to have bitten us. Um, but well, tell them first, what like, what are your qualifications? Why are you here? Besides being beautiful. <laughs> so they originally wanted to have me on, guys, for those watching to share my secrets on how to stay so thin and beautiful. Exactly. Uh, the, the, you know, speaks for itself, I think. But, um, yeah, so I, I own a financial planning firm. Um you know, been blessed to have been voted best financial advisor six times in six years here in Pensacola and been uh, recognized as part of the top 1% of financial professionals in the United States. So um, we do the best job we can for clients and we're lucky to have clients like Matt and Jenna who are good to us. Yes, without a doubt. We're going to, we're going to put his information down below. And um, if you, if you're feeling squirrely, you want to reach out to him, please do so. He's, he's done us wonders. This is not a plug for him. Um, He was just gracious enough to give us his time. And uh, we didn't want to hop on this mic with, without being qualified and talking about it. So we wanted to bring him on. So Jenna, I know you have about 8 billion questions. So why don't you get started (laughs) with your questions to him? I do. So, I mean, just kind of starting broad, why is a a pandemic of a medical issue impacting us financially. Well, you see all the, um, well, this being such a communicable, um, virus or disease, if you will, um, the economic impact comes with number one, the panic, right? Um, I think everybody can see that the reason people are buying toilet paper is beyond me, but, um, you know, so things like that. And then, Governments and institutions and businesses are making the effort to kind of shut down and, and, you know, kind of just stop all economic activity to help stop, hopefully, the spread of the disease. So that's going to have an economic impact. I mean, when, when economic activity, I don't want to say comes to a halt, but uh, slows drastically, that will have, um, you know, an impact. And I will say as far as, so that's on an economic scale, as far as the stock market goes, it's a lot of panic, I'll just say. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the selling has been fairly indiscriminate. People have just been selling any risky asset they can. It's, uh, you know, people are, are jumping into cash as, as quickly as they can. And it's just, it's just sheer, it's sheer panic. And I'll say, I'm, I'm sure most listeners know who Warren Buffett is. You know, his credo is be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy when others are fearful. So I like that. Uh, when the, when the selling is this, um, is this widespread and panicky feeling, um, for a, uh, for certain investors, um, it looks like a good time 
to buy. So maybe not for everybody. I'm not saying for those out there that you should run out there and start throwing your money at the market. Yeah. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that view this as a buying opportunity because Mm -hmm. stocks are at a 30 something percent discount from where they were just like a month ago. So, um, you know, when the selling happens this fast, this sharp, this broad, um, and this just, like I said, indiscriminate people are just selling, you know, any, any stocks or any risky asset that they can. Um, you know, there will be longer lasting, uh, broader economic effects just from the slowdown, from the, the halting of a lot of mm-hmm. economic activity, but yeah. from the stock market perspective, I think it's a lot of fear. Mm. Um, and I, I hope this turns out the way that I'm sure everybody hopes it turns out that this is short lived. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then, um, you know, those people that, that bailed out might, might miss out on the, uh, yeah. On yeah. the upswing. So if a, if someone's asking for advice if they should sell with what what questions have been asked of you from your That's a good clients? question. Yeah, so you know, we were talking about this before the podcast. I have not gotten I've been surprised and I get asked mm-hmm. all the time, are you just being bombarded by, you know, I texted you and asked you to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been getting that question a lot, you know, am I getting phone calls from panicked, you know, people. Uh panicked investors wanting to pull out. And not that I haven't gotten none, but I've gotten a lot less than, than what I mm-hmm. thought. And the people that I do talk to don't seem to be all that overly upset. They seem to look at it kind of in the same light that I do, that this is hopefully going to be temporary, that this is kind of just comes with the nature of investing in the stock market. You know, the mm-hmm. cliche yeah. of the stock market that it goes up on the ele- on the escalator and goes down on the elevator, mm. right? So it goes up slowly yeah. over a long period of time and then it drops off and then it'll go up slowly over a long period of time and then drop off, you know? So that's, that's just kind of the nature of it. And uh, we talked about this before the podcast too. I had a friend who, um, you know, reached out to me and, you know, I managed his assets for him. He was like, hey, should we, you know, I'm, uh, should, you know, what should we do? Should we do something? Should we, you know, put it in cash? I'm thinking about putting my wife's, you know, four or three B all in cash and this, that, the other. And he's in his forties and, uh, he's a friend. So I can speak to, I don't speak to all clients like this, but, um, I, I just texted back. I was like, why are you, you know, are you retiring in the next three years? <laughs> and, um, he, he called me a name and was like, <laughs> was like, no, nah, you know, just anyway. So, uh, you know, it's just all perspective. And for younger people, again, this is, I hate to oversimplify it because I know it's painful and everything else, but this is why it's important to make sure that you are well positioned, that you are diversified. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but it's important. Um, if you guys know who Ray Dalio is, he runs yep. one of the one of the largest and arguably most successful, you know, head fund, hedge funds. Um, but he, you know, that's his thing. You should own non-correlated assets, assets that have nothing to do with one another, where one goes uh, up, okay. the other, you know. Anyway, so um, diversification is key. Positioning uh, yourself to be in a strong situation, understanding economic cycles and i think this is where working with uh, a financial professional helps who is and you should vet your financial pro- i mean you know make sure this person knows what they're doing and everything but you know that understands market cycles and um you know can help you navigate that and you know should you be a good financial advisor's job is to keep people from being overly greedy or overly fearful you know so mm-hmm. when the market gets like bad that. like this 
Um, it's our job to keep people from wanting to sell it all and Jump put ship. in cash. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, when the market's doing well, I'll give you another brief story. And this is somebody being overly greedy. Um, so I shared a story about my friend being overly fearful. Um, and then this is a story about somebody being, somebody being overly greedy. So this guy's already retired. So we manage his assets and we have for four or five years, I guess. I don't know. And um, we five, six months ago or so, you know, I called he and his wife and I was like, hey, you know, look, here's what's going on. I think we ought to position, uh, you know, more conservatively. I think there's going to be some vol. I didn't know any of this was going on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in hindsight, it was a genius move. I wish I could take credit for it, but I mean, I didn't know any of this was going to go on. I just, I kind of had the feeling, you know, here's where we are in the economic cycle. You guys are retired. I just think it would make sense to, you know, we've ridden this wave, you know, and, and benefited from it. I think we ought to look at repositioning, getting a little bit more conservative. And we did that. Mm. Well, about two months ago or so, he went in himself. Hey, boy. And changed his portfolio to a hundred percent stocks. So, oh my lord! Now we're having conversations wow. with these clients that, um, you know, we tip we did that kind of stuff for typically the more, um, you know, the older crowd, the clients that are near retirement or in retirement that you know you guys can you know y'all should ride this wave and keep going, but you know the the older crowd, you know these these things sting them you know a lot worse they don't have enough anyway so um you know now we're having conversations with those clients to say all right well look we we you know this worked out perfectly uh that portion that we uh repositioned to be more conservative and kind of locked in those gains and we were safe with that you know now it might make sense to not now but you know just i'm just letting you know here in the near future it might make sense to look at potentially you know we're having the conversation with them should we look at putting some of those assets back into stocks to take advantage of the downswing and then mm-hmm. hopefully you know when stocks you know go back up over the next one or three or five years we will really you know anyways so i had that conversation i called him to have that conversation with them and i was like so did you go in and i knew i got an alert when he would when he changed to, you know i knew when he did it um but i was like did he go in and change your portfolio and he was like, yeah, yeah, I sure did. It's like, did you change it to a 100% stocks? Yeah, yeah, I sure did. And I was like, so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh, I just saw it. You know, the market kept doing well, and I just felt like I was missing out, and we got more conservative. FOMO. I didn't know you any, yeah, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, and I was like, well, you know, we let me just reiterate, you know, we did that for a reason. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, anyway, so he, um, he was like, yeah, you know, I learned my lesson and he's like, no, like, there's nothing I can do now. I just got to ride it out. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. Exactly. But anyway. So that's my job is to hopefully help people not be overly fearful if they shouldn't be and, and not be overly greedy. Cause I mean, and both, you can pay for it in both instances. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. So then people our age mm. were so young. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're thirty. Know, we're thirty and thirty-six. If you're gonna throw that so, out, so uh, <laughs> like, yeah. how would we best position ourselves? Would you recommend it going on our own? Would you recommend, you know, seeking financial advice? There's some people. Look, I, I don't. Um, 
you know, we're a financial planning firm first. We help people manage assets, but uh, I'm I. It's all about the plan and and understanding the client, making sure that you know overall everything is the way that it should be. But I just will say that uh, for younger people, um, well, the conversations I've been having with people is like we talked about earlier. You, if you're in your thirties, you're gonna see another half dozen of these before you retire. Yep. You know, like the, I hate to, again, uh, like brush over it, but that's, that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. We're going to see quite a few of these before we retire. So, um, you know, the conversations I'm having with people is, well, hopefully you were not, you know, too crazy aggressive to begin with. But, um, regardless, if you can afford to up your 401k contributions or increase, you know, if you can afford to put more money in long term, that is going to make you more money than trying to get more conservative with the money you have now. I would imagine that you would say, though, if your foundation is already in place. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, making sure that you have your emergency fund, making sure that you have all the necessary insurances and making sure you have, you know, your estate planning and things like that, which don't necessarily have anything to do with the stock market. But All of those basics that would most make make most not off. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> calls me about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's important. It's important. And I like I've made the same correlation in my head that just like fitness wellness, I'm going to pull it back and relate it to that, that you have times we've talked, we had an episode not too long ago where we had seasons and how Mm. it's that, it's that age old saying it's time in the market. It's not the timing of the market. Well, right now, I mean, if you can, then sure put a little bit more, but, but it's the same concept of fitness is a long-term game and there, and there's peaks and valleys, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a valley of a, of the stock market. And there is valleys in your fitness journey of I'm sick, I'm unhealthy, I got injured, whatever. The The point is if you are if you get out of that valley, if you're preparing for that long-term run, that long-term mm-hmm. game, that's what's important. And I just, that connection um, has always rung true for me in my head about money and, and also fitness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. It's all about the big picture plan. All the pieces should fit together. None are necessarily more important than the other, but there are, you know, there's things that are, are key to a, a yeah. healthy, uh, you know. We were talking about this earlier. So for you, I know you get the question all the time, like, what's the hot stock? What should I be investing mm-hmm. in? No, like you said, nobody's coming after you being like, hey, um, what is the best whole life insurance policy that I could dive into? Nobody comes to me and says, hey, like, what's the best way uh, to go about, you know, a long-term uh, caloric deficit, safe caloric deficit goal. It's always, what's hey, what do you think about this diet? It's this quick fix yeah, piece. Yeah, what do you think about this diet? How can I lose 20 pounds as soon as I can? How can I do that kind of Exactly. Thing? So yeah. I think for you it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. how do I do like, how do I do a, a, a term life insurance policy? Yeah, well, and actually a friend of mine, while we were sitting here, messaged me and was like, hey, you know, when you can, give me a call tomorrow. I have some questions about stocks. So that's what people, of course. You know, that's what people want to, yeah. uh, you of course. know. Yeah. Um, and not saying that that's, you know, that's not, um, you know, not saying that we shouldn't have that conversation, yeah. but all that is kind of a moot point if you don't have yep. other things in place. But Without a doubt. Now, I know you have more questions, but before I we do. go, Mike Tavner, I know you just got in here and you said, hey, what's up? What's happening, man? I appreciate you being here and supporting supporting the podcast, supporting the channel. We appreciate you. We wanted to have Andrew back on. Go ahead, babe. Um, so comparatively speaking, 
what does the market look like right now compared to like the housing crisis? Is it worse? Yeah. So how's it compared to like the Great yeah. Recession, two thousand eight, two thousand nine? Yeah. So uh, totally different. So um, with two thousand eight, two thousand nine, it was a financial. It, uh, it was it was a financial panic, if you will. It was a uh, the banks are failing kind of a thing. It was a structural, like things could get real bad. Yeah. If, you know, not saying that things, things can get real bad with this, but it's, it's different. The banks have been passing stress, uh, stress tests. Okay. The banks are much stronger than they were in 2008, 2009. So, I mean, structurally that kind of stuff, um, from what it looks like, all the data shows that, uh, you know, none of that's, none of that's an issue. What the issue is, is that, Again, the fear, the fear is the most pervasive yep. and the most harmful and damaging because um, the market hates uncertainty. So nobody knows how this is going to pan out, um, you know, so everybody's just like, mm, I'm just going to you know, sit around until I figure this out. You know, if you ever seen the Joe Rogan stand up, he talks about Texas, the people that live in Texas, everybody started moving West and there's a certain group of people that stopped in Texas. Like, you know, I'm just going to hang back until I'm, just gonna, you know, uh, so I kind of feel like it's the same thing. People are just like, eh, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. Now that hang back, is that literally people not investing more? Or is it people pulling people money pulling out? People pulling money out. There yeah. you go. So, yeah. so the market is a market, and that's what people, I think, sometimes, um, and I, I want to give a little uh, here in just a second. I'll, I'll give an example of, like, buying stocks. Um, the market is a market. So where every buyer, there's a seller. So when the market goes down, that means there are more sellers than buyers. When the yeah. market goes up, that means there's more buyers than sellers, right? right? So, um, you know, when you see – you know the market go down this much uh like the the huge uh gains and losses in a single day there's a big swing in buyers and sellers you know every day but um, we were talking about stocks earlier and buying more stocks for a younger person buying more so i I'm, I'm, i made a post about this a while back and um i think it's still uh illustrative and i think people don't necessarily understand um what you know, when you're buying stocks while they're low and people, anyway, so the numbers behind it, if you had a hundred dollars and you bought, um, stock in company ABC at a dollar a share. All right. Now you own, you own a hunt, you put in a hundred dollars and you own a hundred shares of company ABC. Well, if the stock of that company goes down by 50%, now you own a hundred shares and the value of those is worth $50. Right. So you have basically three options at that point. Number one, you can sell that stock and walk away with your $50. And you lose right there. And you lose your 50 bucks. You could do nothing. So you don't buy or sell. And then the stock has to get back up to a dollar a share. So it has to double for you to get back to your original investment. For the, for the most part, it takes a while for a stock to double mm -hmm. in value. Yeah. All right. Or you could put in another $100, and now you're buying 200 shares of company ABC for $0.50 cent a piece. Right. So now you own 300 shares of company ABC for $200. So your average cost per share is about $0.67 cents per share. Yep. So now the stock just has to get back up to $0.67 cents for you to break even on your investment. Yep. That was a fantastic way to put that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that's just illustrative. You know, people need to understand that, 
you know, some people are like, oh, well, if it goes down to an individual stocks, who know, you know, I'm talking about investing in the market. Cause I mean, an individual stock, I think people's fear when it comes to investing in the market, and I hear this all the time, I don't want to lose, you know, when you talk about investing aggressively or investing in stocks, I don't want to lose all my money. Well, there's two ways you're going to lose all your money by investing in the stock market. Number one, you invest all your money in one company's stock and that company goes under, which is incredibly foolish. Nobody would ever tell you to do that. Or two, the American economy itself collapses. Which you have many more problems beyond your money. Like feeding yourself and protecting yourself, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, you're not worried about whatever money you lost in the stock market. You're worried no. about surviving the day, yeah. right? So, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I just think that as long as you are a wise investor, I mean, you're not going to lose all your money in the stock market, you know? I, th I think yeah. that's people's fear. So people avoid what they don't understand. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. This stuff isn't taught to us. So people come from a place of, I don't have another word, ignorance. I don't mean to, you know, no, but people ig just. Ignorance brews fear in yeah. any realm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think people just avoid it because they don't understand it. And um, people should understand it, you know. So whether you self-educate, whether you reach out to a professional, if that professional, you know, will take the time to educate you anyway. So um, back to the original question. The differences are, is, you know, back then there were structural Mm -hmm. um, financial issues. Um, now it's just kind of fear and the economy being on, you know, being on hold, so to speak, until people feel like there's, we have a handle on this virus. Yeah. And do you think it's also going to take <clears throat> several years to recover? That's a good question. Financially. <laughs> So it depends on how the so people the the investors um, or just people in general, but particularly investors want to see a couple things before they'll feel comfortable, you know, kind of getting back to business as usual. Number one, they want to see that the government is taking this seriously, um, that they're taking measures to stop the spread or control it or whatever. Um, and they want to see that the government is going to back up the economy and provide, you know, kind of prop it up and provide some sort of stimulus or something, you know, to help soften the blow mm -hmm. and help the everyday person who is being affected, who, you know, they're a, a waiter or waitress or they're, you know, the, the restaurant is shut down or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case is. Um, so people want to know that financially they're going to be okay and the government is uh, – as we speak, working on some stimulus packages, and that was going to be my, that was going to be my next question. So, and we we stay as far away from politics on this podcast that we can, and that's not a preface to you. I know that you're not yeah. about to pop off, but if anybody's in the comments and just wondering, so that's not where we're going with this. Not from a political standpoint, from a providing the actual financial stability and creating that basically the mental stability mm -hmm. for the you know for the people that are putting money into the stock market. Do you feel like they're doing that? Do I feel like the government with the stimulus? So I, I don't think we have enough information. I mean, there are some things that are certain, some stimulus that they're doing that is, is I, I think, done as far as what they decided they're going to do. Do you know? Like, well, they've lowered interest rates. The okay. Fed is, is, has resumed quantitative easing, so they're purchasing uh, treasuries and things. You know, so they're, quantitative easing, for anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, so and I'm one of those people, okay. by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So they lowered interest rates, so they're, they're trying to encourage borrowing, and they are uh, basically trying to put more cash in the system. The quantitative easing, they're buying treasuries. They're trying to put more cash in the system okay. so there's more money floating around for people to do things with. Okay. Right? 
Um, that's the, I think the simplest way that I can put that. Okay. Um, so, but the Fed is limited to what they can purchase and kind of some of the things that they can do. Uh, so then that falls on the Treasury Department, which is separate from the Fed, to so kind of the the current administrative uh, administration to come up with some other things that so they're they're currently trying to figure out whether that sent everybody checks or you know to delay. Okay you know, payments on certain things, utilities or, you know, kind of whatever it is. So um, there's things like that that they have to, you know, there is the politics to that where they are trying to, you know, they have to get that passed through the Senate and the House and so on. And so they have to try to figure out, you know, how can we do this? And who knows what the timeline is on that? Mm -hmm. So, and who knows what that'll actually look like? So um, you hear a lot of people, you know, say like, oh, well, why are they, they shouldn't bail out businesses. Why are they helping businesses and not helping the average person? Well, I think they're trying to help both. Yeah. And I, I hate to, to, you know, me being a business owner, um, but I am a business owner and a normal person. So, uh, you know, I, I think without businesses, there aren't jobs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying, I mean, there is something to be said for, you know, you remember 2008, 2009, there was a big stink and I'm I, not that I know everything about it, but, um, you know, about the banks getting the big bailouts and then the CEOs getting these big bonuses and stuff right. like that. Um, again, I didn't do enough research into that to know the nuances, know, what all the, yeah, sure. but, but the optics of it, it seems pretty crappy, you know, yeah. but, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they're, they're talking about trying to help the airlines and stuff like that, but they want to make sure the airlines are going to spend it, that they're not going to do stock buybacks okay. and spend it, you know, they're, they're, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I get the sentiment and I get what people are saying, but it is important to support businesses yeah. because without businesses, there aren't jobs and there's some pretty mm -hmm. long lasting economic ripple effects from that. Well, and, and so you said something about the airlines. For anybody that does not know, um, some of the airlines were talking about, and to, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the airlines were actually saying by the end of next month that they would be completely bankrupted. Is that right? I don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I have I have seen where, you know, yeah, the, I mean, the airlines they're are, getting some financial support for a reason. Yeah. You know? The airlines are suffering. Which is why, you know, if you go, if you go look at any flight right now uh, – it's funny. My my brother was uh, wanting to know how far Sweden was from here, and it's about three thousand miles from from what he read. Mm -hmm. The ticket to that uh, to and from was about twenty eight hundred dollars, and then I checked a handful of days later, just interested. Mm -hmm. It was about sixteen hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. unreal. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and this is before all this happened. But I yeah, exactly I won't, I won't say no. What I'm about to tell you. Oh, okay. Um, I uh, I won't say the name of the airline, but I flew uh, to Philadelphia to meet with some clients, and um, um, my assistant booked the flight. So she booked it with one airline up and well air one airline back. Um, but the airline, the the one back, was one of those like discount airlines, you know, whatever. But I could get a seat for eighteen dollars. My flight back was eighteen dollars. You had to pay like wow. thirty four dollars or whatever for the bag, but the flight back, I got a better seat, you know, with more legroom, and I paid fifty five dollars or whatever. But right, I could have, <laughs> I could have flown back for eighteen bucks. Wow, you know. So I mean, it was it was incredible. That's unreal. So, um, huh. Yeah. So there's there's certain um, there's a lot of things being affected economically, but I know yeah. airlines yeah. are suffering big time. Well, and let's um, there's some there questions. Are. So first, uh, Rich says oil stocks are looking great. Glad I got in on some at the discount. Or at a discount. Yeah, and you said you said pretty much right now you're ba you're buying stocks for thirty percent off. 
well, so that's lower. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the indices. So that's like the S and P five hundred and the Dow, and yeah. the Nasdaq, and stuff like that. So individual stocks, particularly oil, right now, because the whole oil war, if you will, between Saudi Arabia and Russia, okay. um, they're way off. So I mean, it's they're selling at way more than a discount than thirty percent for a lot of. What's way more general ballpark number? Uh, depends on the company. So, I mean, okay. like Occidental, Occidental Petroleum is off. <laughs> I don't know the number percentage wise. Cause I mean, it changes minute to minute, but I mean, it's, it's off a lot. And then you have like Exxon and, you know, Shell and. So they're off more than 30%. For most of them. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, wow. there's certain, and then airline stocks and stuff like that too. Okay. Right. I mean, all these, you know, mm-hmm. all those things like that. And I'm not saying that they're buys. I'm not saying to go. Right. Go do those. it. Yeah. yeah just because yeah. it's a discount doesn't mean it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you really need to understand. So I, we talked about this before. I can't give specific, sure, uh, sure. you know, stock recommendations. Or I can't say that this is a good time to buy or a good time to sell or any of that other kind of stuff. But and you mean, and you say that because. I mean, you don't know the person's situation. You can't blanket statement. This is what you should do, because that's not that's not intelligent for you to do. And I agree with you. I can't I can't say to everyone that's listening right now, hey, you should do this diet because that's it's not how it works. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah There's yeah. so many so, so many things. Two reasons. Number one, legally, of course. I, I can't <laughs> give, actually same yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. So uh, legally, I can't give that kind of advice. But yeah, I mean, you're also doing a, per- a person a disservice if yeah. you just give kind of half cocked advice. But, of course. Um, but I will say, if you're looking for stocks, I mean, if you're a, if you're a risk taker, I mean, yeah, buying. If you're a contrarian, buying the stocks of oil and airline companies and things like that, could that pay off? big for you at some point yeah could it not and could it sputter and stay low for a while you know who knows yeah um so as a general rule especially in times like this you know buying stocks of companies who um have good cash flow hold a lot of cash um you know have what warren buffett would call a moat around them where there's not a lot of where they have um good uh they've permeated the market so to speak got it right? they're, okay. they're good strong pretty company. well known they, yeah they yeah. have a good balance sheet yep um they have good cash flow they hold a lot of cash because i mean there was even a, a rumor or a you know whatever that apple should buy disney can you imagine the good amount of Lord. money that it would take for a company to have to even think about buying a company like disney good lord um but you know they they do i think they have over a billion dollars worth of cash sitting around i know berkshire hathaway does i think they had like 120 130 billion dollars of cash laying around and everybody you know warren buffett is a very uh um disciplined investor yeah so berkshire hathaway underperformed the market last year when the market made you know 31 percent or whatever i don't remember what berkshire hathaway made but it was way less than. That. and for anybody listening that doesn't know berkshire hathaway who's that is warren but the company that warren buffett there you go. is you know runs yep um but you know um he holds a whole lot of cash and there's a lot of companies yep. that are up for sale at a discount right yeah. now. And for yeah. the record, if yeah. you don't know, Warren Buffett's probably one of the greatest financial tycoons to ever live. Well, arguably one of the greatest investors to ever live. Yep. yep. 
Let's hit, hit right, us with the questions. Let's take a couple of questions. Sure. Uh, Mike uh, Tavener says, what is your opinion on what the work stoppage is going to do this year? Will it kill the market? Depends on how long it lasts. Yeah. So, um, again, I think people want to see that the government is taking it seriously and that the government is willing to help the economy and the market, but they also want to see that um, – that we have a handle on the virus. So like once yeah. it, I think once it plateaus and starts, you know, the number of cases starts going down, I think people will feel a lot better, get back to maybe not business as usual. There might be, you know, kind of dip their toes back in and start getting back mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever. But depends on how long it lasts. The longer it lasts, the worse it's going to be. Um, and if it lasts too long, it will be very damaging. What do you think... So let's just say, I'm looking at the date right now. Um, let's just say that th- things pop back up when we were on the road to recovery in 90 days. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, would the market be killed as this que- as this question was asked? Would it be killed? If things were shut down the way that they are, and they, more things are shutting down by yeah. the day. Yeah. So if yeah. things are shut down for 90 days, yeah, it'd be real bad okay okay yeah, and you see because i don't know in my head i was like three months I mean, it's not it's not too bad but I, because i don't know so that's yeah, that's actually a lot of people effectively out of work yeah but and right that's now. that's a quick amount of time that's not for, a long time for what we're dealing with yeah, you know that's that's not a long time um but when the economy basically comes to a halt if people aren't getting paid, if businesses aren't making money, if people aren't spending money, because the thing about the the uh, U.S. economy is I think 70% or so, don't quote me on that, but uh, the majority of the U.S. economy is based on the consumer. Yeah. It's based on consumer spending. Right. So when people aren't making money, they're not spending money. When people are scared, they're not spending money. When people are stuck indoors, they're not spending. Right. When economic activity stops, I mean, that the uh, it's it can be. It can be bad. Yeah. So um, I hope, like everybody else does, I'm sure, that that doesn't happen. Um, you got to be careful about, you know, the information that comes out of China, but they're they're the first ones affected, and mm-hmm. it looks like their cases have plateaued and right. started going down. Um, so, again, you, you know, the information, the data you're getting from there, how much do you? That was that was something that we talked about um, with the previous podcast um, with Dr. Crowley and um uh, Jerry Drinker, the nurse practitioner, uh, nurse practitioner about, you know, getting your information from a credible source such as the mm. CDC or the World World Health, Health Organization. Thank you both. I gotcha. And, <laughs> you know, and organizations like that, that's very credible because, uh, you know, that's that's another thing we were planning on talking about was I've seen a lot of things um, on f- just Facebook and social media in general of just one thing's posted and then someone runs with it, it you yeah. know. And it so, just, yeah. yeah, what would your recommendation be at this point of – where people should be getting their financial information from? <laughs> uh, from my Facebook page, of course. Uh, <laughs> we will we will link his information. Uh, okay. um, from credible sources, I, you know, I do twelve to fifteen hours of reading and research a week. A lot of my um, the places I get information are things that I have to pay for. So the average person wouldn't read it anyways but certainly wouldn't pay to read it i can I, yeah i can guarantee I'm, yeah. i feel like i'm yeah, yeah. I, i'll agree with that yeah yeah so um and you got to be careful too about 
the pundits, you know, the the talking heads on TV that throw their opinion in, slide it in, kind of thing. Yeah, because I mean, you hear experts saying that this is going to be horrible. You have experts saying this is going to be. You just hear experts all across the board yeah. on their professional opinion. I'm, me too, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm just saying that you know. I mean, you're going to hear my side of what I think. That doesn't make it right or wrong. Yeah. You know, so it's it's people should get opinions from different sources um, and do their best to formulate their own. But be careful about that. You can say this about politics or anything else, but being in your little bubble where everybody mm-hmm. thinks the same, absolutely says the same thing or whatever, you know, so. So, um, so polling your friends on Facebook <laughs> wouldn't be the best source of your financial don't information. Don't get stock tips from your friends on Facebook. Well, I've seen that. And, and I'll be honest with you. Like, I mean, I, I really, I really, <laughs> like, I don't want to say I don't have the time. I don't make enough amount of time to spend 12 to 15 hours a day reading on week. financial stuff. A week. A week. Well, that yeah. makes a little more sense. Maybe yeah, I have a little. Maybe yeah. I have a little more time. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but in all seriousness, yeah. like everybody is busy and all that. Sure. I, I think that's exactly what you're. You're. And this is not. A, this is not a plug for you, but that's exactly what you're paying for. You're paying for that sound advice. You're paying for that research that's been done. You're paying for. Um, there is a bit of a convenience piece in there, without a doubt. Mm. But, for sure. but, I mean, we are not lazy people. And we don't come, we don't come to you because we're like I just don't want to figure it out. Yeah. Like you just tell, tell me, me what just to tell do. me what to do. Yeah. Like you know, you've always presented options to us of this is what would happen if this happened, and this is what you would do, and that's what I think is just so valuable. And I, mm-hmm. I I'm gonna I'm gonna tie it back. It's just like a personal trainer, and Absolutely. that you know if yeah you can do this if you wanted, but this is probably what's gonna happen. So yeah. I, that whole point in me saying that was to sort of talk about why I, I feel a financial advisor is just so critically important because yeah. I know a lot of people's excuses, well, I don't have the money for that, so I, I can't do that. And I just... It's costing then, you money by not having yeah, a well, thousand percent. Just like a personal trainer, you know, get fit and then go to the personal trainer. <laughs> and <laughs> it's the same That's with my the wife. financial advisor. <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, I do hear a lot of people tell me like, oh, I don't have money to invest or... I manage my own money or um, I invest my money in real estate or my business or whatever. And that cool. Awesome. I'm glad to do. I'm not after your money. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm right. here to help you plan, make sure you're doing things like you do, uh, you know, invest in your business, invest in real estate and manage your money yourself. I don't care. Yeah. Right. But all the other pieces and how you're doing, I, you know, adding perspective and everything else. Um, I think, and being a coach, being a financial personal trainer yep. is, I think. I like that one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, being a financial personal trainer, being a coach, being an, being an accountability buddy, if you will, you know, having somebody anyways. But I think I think that's a large part of the financial advisor's value add. But um, there was an, I think this was a true story. I might have read this somewhere, but it, whether or not it's a story. So um, there was a. Um, uh, uh, like a plant, right? That had their team of engineers that were on salary, and they had this problem. They their team of engineers could not fix. They're paying these people a lot of money. They couldn't figure out how to fix this issue, so they hire this, you know, expert engineer consultant. So he comes by, and there's this, you know, big panel of stuff, and he's looking around. He finds out what the problem is. He twists the knob. Problem solved. 
He walks out, sends him a bill for $10,000. And so the plant manager is like, I'm, you know, I just, can you, do you, would you mind kind of, you know, letting, breaking down your fee? Cause you were here for like 30 minutes. So this seems, you know, a little steep. this seems like a lot. And he was like, okay, well it was, you know, a hundred dollars for the 30 minutes. And then it was $9,900 for, um, you know, having the knowledge to be able to fix the problem in 30 minutes. You know, when mm-hmm. your team of engineers couldn't figure it out yep. after weeks, you called me. I got it fixed. It saved you money by doing that. It cost yep. you ten grand, but how much more did it save you for paying these this team? Anyways, yep. so I mean, mm-hmm. that's where like a personal trainer or some sort of whatever professional it is that you are leaning on for advice on personal training or financial or whatever. Right. That's what you're paying them for, not necessarily their time. But you are paying there for expertise. their time, their knowledge, and and yeah. yeah, to be able to break this down and explain it to you, and know, okay, here's the problem, here's the solution. I know that because yep. mm-hmm. that's what I spend my time doing. Yep, a thousand yeah. percent. I mean, perfect example. Personally, I don't know how many hours I spent trying to roll over our retirement from a previous <laughs> job. Oh Jesus! One phone call, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. ten minutes maybe. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. completely completely done. Yeah, I'm going to. Going to find You're another magician. comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, so I mean, I know the procedures and I know what to do. So I'm like, oh yeah, well, here's what we do. You know. Yeah, so. I think you even just already had the phone number of where we needed to call. And yeah. I mean, just you just had it. Yeah. So a wise asked a question: uh, Does eating healthy and staying hydrated help the, help with the pandemic? So I will tell you to refer to episode 50 that we did with uh, Dr. Crowley and. Uh, nurse practitioner uh, Jerry Drinker. That was actually a uh, really good podcast, and we were very proud that we just hit uh, episode fifty. Uh, but awesome. point, thank you. I appreciate it. It's a it's awesome. It's a milestone for us. It's yeah, awesome for sure. It really is cool. You've done a very good job, Jenna. You really hey. have. Love you. But um, that was one of the things that Dr. Crowley did suggest. Absolutely, um, you know, a well balanced diet uh, derived from ma- mainly whole foods and staying hydrated. Yeah, Absolutely. That, I think that's always the better choice. No and that's just it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, so that goes back to, uh, you know, being that stable piece and financially yeah. before you can go invest in stocks. So anyway, yes, that, that can help without a doubt. That's what, that's what the doctor said. So, um, <laughs> doctor, doctor. so moving on, <laughs> Richard Becker says, what do you think about big? What is that? I don't know what that means. Me either. Richard clarify, bro. Um, I'm having to sort of pre-read some of these because oh, I don't want to. So, uh, Rich also asked, uh, do you feel like the Fed cutting rates was too soon? Yeah, so there has been. Good question. Uh, yeah, there's been some controversy about that because okay. if you if you cut it kind of, you know, if you add stimulus before we've hit the tipping point, mm-hmm. right? So before things have gotten kind of as bad as they're going to get, well, then you added this stimulus, but things are still going to get worse. So the, uh, okay. the timing is, that makes sense. You yeah. Know, the timing might be off. So I don't know. I would hope that the people that are making these, these decisions know way more than I do yeah. about any of this. So hopefully, um, I, I'm not as qualified as these people to say. So my opinion is, you know, uh, but there has been controversy about that as yeah. well. Yeah. Say. Makes sense. If you're comfortable saying it, what was your initial gut feeling? 
I thought it was a little early. Really? Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I understand the read. Like, hey, let's try to get ahead of it. Sure. Um, so time will tell. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is the we will know in time. Right. Exactly. Because yeah, more and more things are continuing to shut down. I mean, I read something before we started the podcast that um, is Ohio has kind of been ahead of the curve as far as shutting things down before everywhere else, and mm. they've shut down like hair salons, nail salons, tattoo parlors, all of that mm. effective this evening. Yeah. So, I mean, it's getting more and more people are yeah. out of work. Mm-hmm. Jenna's from Ohio. That's why she brings that up. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Moving on. John Collins. Why is it so difficult to receive a coherent and cohesive message from both both state and federal government? That sounds political. Sounds really. Is that is that political? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm qualified to give an answer for that same, anyway. Same. Yeah. So, I don't know the, I don't yeah. know that answer. It's uh, a good question. I'm not going to answer that specifically but it does make me grateful for my career choice even though i'm going into the hospitals potentially exposed to this virus that i'm not an elected official right now because it seems like a terrible <laughs> yeah. position to be in making all these I don't decisions know anybody runs for office you're ever. hated and loved no matter what yeah. you do mostly hated yeah or right even from the people that love you exactly there's, there's <laughs> be things that, you know. yeah that's a good question john collins i don't have the answer to it um so let's see, Jacob said... a lot of questions. This is good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I appreciate you guys being here. It's awesome. And I appreciate you suggesting. Yeah. Suggestion. Suggestion. Uh, Jacob <laughs> said, Andrew made a good point uh, that I've picked up on. Uh, this thing does seem to be moving east to west. So, oh, well, there's been quite a few cases. I don't know if that's what it was like in the U.S. or just starting in the east being, you know, Asia, China. The actual pandemic or the financial impact? I'm I assuming he means pandemic. pandemic kind of seems that makes sense. I mean, it would it make it would make sense for the finance to actually follow that. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of cases in California because you get a lot of people from true. to fly into California. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I I don't know. Again, I'm not yeah. sure that from yeah. you know, and that's okay. That's all right. Bryce says, "Hey, Matt. Hey, how you doing over there? Appreciate hey, you stopping by. Um, you want to read some of these comments? Oh, well, I'm not. Uh, I haven't been keeping up. Well, you need to do that." You're more than just a pretty face, Jenna. We got mm-hmm. you here to be, you know, to add content and value. Exactly. Uh, Rich, with all the good questions, he says, CEOs stepping down like Bill Gates during tough times. Are they seeing something in the market that we are not? They're Did he ha- step down? Well, so I don't think he's been acting as CEO for Microsoft. Uh, he stepped down from the board. Okay. Um, but there has been a lot of CEOs here recently stepped down. I don't know the answer to that. I do know that... I like to to read about the people like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and you know those kind of people just because they're fast. I mean, you know, they're they've changed the world. So yeah. I mean, they're they're fascinating, and we should all strive to be you know a tenth of what those guys are. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he has for years his role in Microsoft. He has been backing off and wanting to focus more on his the Bill and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm-hmm. So that's what his plan i from what i know uh me and bill don't talk right he doesn't call me or text (laughs) me or anything but from what i know um he's been he's been kind of wanting to step back from that and be more involved in the philanthropic stuff anyway so got it okay uh go ahead what do you think there's there's no wrong answer whatever comes to your head for somebody that is thinking in the financial realm, what do you think the best thing they can do right now if they are panicking? Don't panic. Uh, <laughs> Perfect answer. Yeah, I don't. I, I 
do you think it's a certain financial move they need to make? Do you think it's a mentality piece? Do you think they need to stock up on more to- more toilet paper? Definitely um, the toilet paper. Definitely yeah. the toilet paper. Go out and get yourself some toilet. Kill people. If you're <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I, from a financial. So we talked about the foundation earlier. Your yeah. your emergency fund being a a, a strong part, one of mm-hmm. the bricks in your foundation, if you will. So the rule of thumb on emergency fund is having three to six months worth of living expenses saved up somewhere just for such an occasion. If somebody were to go without a job or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. So this is what we tell people to do that kind of stuff for. Sure. Right. Is, you know, these people that are like, well, what am I going to do if I'm out of of work for a month? How am I going to pay bills? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hope you're prepping. Yeah, are you point? Where are you pointing the finger? Yeah, are you? Point, yeah. you got three pointed back at you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you could have, if y'all like um, Jocko Willink, Extreme Ownership. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? So uh, and and Leif Babin, um, incredible book. Um, but you know their whole thing is extreme ownership. Something bad yeah. happens. It's my fault. You had something to do with it. Yep. Take ownership of it. What yep. could you have done? Absolutely. To we talk- yeah, so these people, they're like, how am I going to pay my bills? Well, yeah. a little financial prudence yep. and a little planning. So do you think even in, in this time of crisis, let's let's say you were faced with this decision. Um, man, right now, you can invest in some stocks. It's a sure thing without a doubt. Or get your, cause, but you don't have a foundation built. Mm. So you got, some, you got some stocks, invest in it, or build your foundation. You can safely. Foundation. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. So I get a lot of people that come to me and want to invest or want to, you know, whatever, because that's the sexy thing. That's the fun stuff. Absolutely. Making your money work for you, and that's very important. Yep. But if you don't have an emergency fund, that money that you just put in your four hundred one k IRA, that you don't have an emergency fund, so now you know income has stopped. So now you have to pull that money out. And pay taxes and penalties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To pull that money out early. Exactly. Do that. Yeah. There you go. Or if you died and you got ten, fifteen thousand dollars saved in your retirement account, and you died and you don't have life insurance. What's your family gonna do with that? How? Maybe it buries you. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. know, but mm-hmm. does it provide any income from for them? Does yep. it? Uh, you know, it's it, when you could have just you know paid a small amount for life insurance policy yep. and disability and emergency fund and all mm-hmm. these things, yep. right? I mean, your estate planning and everything, all that. So. The basics. That's always my answer is. Yep. So build up that foundation. So yep. I think for most people, um, and I think you would probably agree uh, because we were once in this boat. Mm. If you're wondering what you should be doing, start that foundation. And probably most likely it's the emergency fund. Mm-hmm. For a lot of, for that, a lot of people. Is an over, well, all, the whole foundation is typically overlooked. Of but, course. Yeah. But the, at least the emergency fund, right? Yeah. I mean, with the other stuff, a lot of it's, you know, like insurances that you can purchase. So like it's just done, you know what I mean? Or uh, estate planning, which again, you go see an, an attorney, an estate yep. planning attorney, then it's done for the most part. Yep. The emergency fund takes time to build up. Of course. It takes discipline, just like mm-hmm. with what you do. It takes somebody having kind of long-term discipline to yep. stay at it. And Anyway, so that that's one that's hard for people. Yep. Check out what you got coming in and check out what you got going out, folks. Yep. What else you got? I saw there's a few uh, more questions popped up. Ben, a lot of them. Uh, ben says, this is for you, Matt. 
At least when you're in quarantine, you can watch all the movies you haven't seen. Oh, oh yeah. Holden's <laughs> going to have a field day. <laughs> if that really happens, Holden's going to have a field day. Uh, uh, Mike asks a pretty serious question here. Uh, what percentage of my income should be spent on ammunition for the zombie apocalypse? Mike, you're killing me. <laughs> so, uh, safe. 100%. Round, really? See, I thought it was more conservative, but I like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, grenades and rocket launchers. Of course. And don't, don't forget all that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, John Collins says, how can people tied to Social Security payments invest in the market? Can they and should they? So no, people who are receiving Social Security payments is what it sounds like. So I'm assuming this person is retired. Um, I don't know enough about that person's situation, I think, to be able to make any kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. um, if you're living on Social Security and that's mo you know mostly your income, I mean, maybe you're not necessarily. I mean, if you got disposable income or you have savings above and beyond your emergency savings or something maybe but um i don't know enough about that person's that's situation i think to, to get very particular question yeah, yeah. That is. and that's that why is. your information will be in the yep. description below yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh he, Jake, he almost he told us he was like you don't don't plug it i don't want to just yeah but i'm gonna plug it it's fine of course <laughs> uh jacob carlisle says the airline industry is gonna feel this hard um LHR is a ghost town. What's LHR? LHR. I don't travel enough. Uh, all the shops are shut, and there's talk of just shutting the airports down. Wow. That's a lot of workers. That's a lot of workers. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of things being shut down. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Mike says, what should I do before I come see a financial manager like you? Obviously, Joe Sixpack that lives paycheck to paycheck isn't in a place to see you, is there? So uh, his Joe Sixpack isn't in a what? Uh, living paycheck to paycheck. Basically, Which, he's saying, uh, what should he be doing before he gets to you because he's living paycheck to paycheck? Yeah, yeah. Look, we're um, before you go see somebody like me. Mindset is important. So you know, living paycheck to paycheck, it's interesting to me. I have clients who make a lot of money. Exactly. You said mindset, so I leaned to the camera and oh. just giving a thumbs up. I was like, yes, there it is. <laughs> mindset all the time. Behavior change, go ahead. That's right. Yeah, no, but seriously, it's behavior true. change. It really yeah. is. So I have clients that don't make a lot of money. That's what you've said. That are great savers that. and that are very prudent. And mm -hmm. then I have clients that make a lot of money and don't have a pot to piss in. So do you think with the actual money piece, because it's behavior change and all that, yes, but there's got to be an action behind it. Do you think it's decisions? It's your financial decisions. So we're working with some clients now that they were they came to us and their biggest issue was an exorbitant amount of frivolous debt, okay. credit cards and things like that. They don't have a big mortgage. The you know, the husband makes two hundred and some odd thousand dollars a year. They have good income. Um, and so my my assistant paraplan nobody knows what a paraplanner is, but my financial planning assistant today uh, came to me and we were looking at because we we're putting a plan together for them to how to pay off this debt. And so she was showing me like, here's their expenses, here's their income, and in their expenses we baked in three thousand dollars a month of blow money. So on mm -hmm. top of like hard expenses, mortgage, and you know, wow, we threw in three thousand dollars a month of discretionary. Okay, and there was still a large amount of unaccounted for money there that they are apparently spending. We baked in 
the payments on their credit cards. We baked in everything, and there's mm. still a large amount that is apparently being spent frivolously. I don't know. Mm. Okay. So, you know, for them, we are going to have to work hand in hand with them to change their behavior yeah. and kind of put them on an allowance if you want to call Ooh, that's it a, so that's that's right. a, yeah. i think that's a really good piece of advice back to figure out give yourself an allowance of what you're going to spend money on beyond ex, beyond essentials yep yeah well so we would we we're we did this for a surgeon client of mine she makes great money you know, sure. she makes 600 something thousand dollars a year um and you know they have their expenses and they have you know but anyways there's there was still you know five thousand dollars even including blow money there was still about five thousand dollars a month a month of unaccounted for money you know being spent right and so you know we we're like where does that money go she's like oh, wherever I want you know and yeah. I was like well you know you're gonna retire fine even with that extra five thousand dollars a month that you're blowing but could we maybe you know could could we take a look at it? Bump that down a little bit, you know, to kind of put you on a, an allowance or a budget, if you will. And so, you know, for her and probably for, you know, this couple too, we're going to have it set up to where their paycheck lands in this bank account. That is a bank account they don't normally use. And once a month, X amount of dollars will come out of that account and hit the bank account that they do normally use, right? Separate bank, online bank, whatever. And then that's their salary. That's their mm -hmm. allowance. That's their budget. That's their whatever. But that's the amount of money per month you have to spend. So you like automation as well. Yeah. So you got to yeah. have it. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you add the human element yeah. to well, it. Because, you know, yeah, so. you're going to spend what's in the exactly. account. Absolutely. And, yeah. So I, I just would say that behavior change. And that's something that hopefully the financial advisor or whatever can help you with. So I, I do get the question a lot of time or kind of the comment from younger people or from people that, you know, they're like, I don't have any money to invest or, you know, I can't afford somebody like you or I, and it, it could be true. I don't know. But, you know, again, that's what you have somebody like that for. So yeah. that whole living paycheck to paycheck or the always struggling isn't always, there might just be behavior changes. And I'm not saying yeah. with any behavior change, just like somebody coming to see you, right. Matt. It's not going to always be easy, but of if course. you have an accountability buddy, if you have a coach, if you have somebody that's like, look, here's the things you need to do to make sure that this happens. Let's do this. Well, even some basic things. I mean, we came to you when we weren't really in a good financial place, and I'll never forget. You're in a bad place, actually. <laughs> yeah, we were in a really bad place. and um, I don't remember it being I like had um, quite a bit of credit card debt, and I was paying a lot of interest, and I was just working extra and just throwing all of my extra money at the credit card because all I could see was all of the interest I was paying every mm -hmm. month. And your just simple question back was, so what if you have an unexpected expense? What happens? What goes on the credit card? And you're like, well, <laughs> why don't you save some of that money and then you don't pay interest on mm -hmm. it in the yeah. future? Uh, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. So, so a, sh a short and dirty answer back to, to Mike because his question, his original question was before I get to you, before I come to a financial advisor, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. What do I do? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know his income and expenses and okay. everything else. So, I mean, that person making $200,000 a year, they're living paycheck to paycheck. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not an unnecessarily, yep. but they, in their mind, they're living paycheck. We don't have any extra disposable. Right. Well, you certainly do. You, you do. Know? You just so, don't realize it. 
Yeah, I, I wish I had a good answer for you. I just would say go see that person with an open mind. Go have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Most financial advisors don't charge for consultation. So go have a conversation with them and be prepared for, I will say, and I, I made a video about this today, that younger people, you know, most financial advisors MO is gathering assets. That's what they're there to do, Right. They'll give you some other kind of half-ass advice about this out of the other, but it's mostly invest your money with me. That's what I'm here for. That's how my compensation is based. That's how I get my bonuses or whatever. And then I'll give you some advice. on But they're not going to spend a lot of time with you on budgeting. They're not going to spend a lot of time with you on debt elimination or estate planning or, you know, other things because that's not what they're – going after they want to gather assets and so for these younger people most financial advisors don't want to spend a lot of time with them because they don't have any money to invest right if they do it's very little i appreciate you with that transparency that's good yeah good stuff i'm you know so be prepared for you should work with a financial advisor in my opinion that you are paying a monthly or annual retainer you're paying hourly or you're paying whatever so that person is incentive they're running a business right so Mm -hmm. i mean if 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 you if I'm charging you one percent of assets under management and you come to me with ten thousand dollars, I'm gonna get paid a hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Right? So eight dollars a, a month or you know, yeah. eight dollars a month, and that eight dollars I don't get to keep all of because <laughs> the RIA cut so I'm getting six dollars a month or something like that too. So it's not even worth, you know, so I'm just saying that a financial advisor isn't interested in working with someone. Yeah. So unless you're paying that person hourly or on a monthly or annual retainer or something like that, they're not going to spend the time necessary for somebody from what it sounds like for that person yeah. that that they need. They need help with cash flow management, money going in, money going out. Yep. You know, the, the stuff that, you know. Foundation, uh, the basics. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, Rich with another, wait, did you read this one yet? Uh, Rich with another question. I don't 401k IRA traditional. Haven't. You haven't. haven't so uh, Richard with another great question there, bro. Um, I've heard a lot of people moving their 401k uh, to tr- traditional IRAs during this time that the market is down and they plan to move it back once things pick back up. What do you think about this? That's asinine. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't make any. So first of all, if you're working at a company and you're under the age of 59 and a half, most you can't just move money out. You could take a loan potentially, yeah. right? But the the four hundred one k and IRA. So a four hundred one k, you are limited to whatever investment options they give you within the plan. So every the, com- the company themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the four hundred one k plan that you have through company X Y Z, they're only going to give you so many things that you can invest in. Typically, right? All right. So yeah, you are limited. With an IRA, most of the time. Um, you have a virtually unlimited amount of things that you can invest in if you want to invest in individual stocks or something like that. So, I mean, on, on that, but yeah, I mean, I, who is he? I, is that, is that Becker? Yeah. I would be curious who the hell he's been talking to that said that they've done that. Cause I'll get, that sounds, I'll get y'all to tie up. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds crazy. And it sounds, I would like to know the specifics of that. Cause anyways. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's, I think this is a good place to wrap up. You agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Let's uh, let's do the wrap up. Um, well, before we go, John Collins. So John Collins said, uh, "Both me and my wife are disabled. Uh, we live off two thousand a month." He was the person that was asking the question about the 
um, where's it at? Yeah, Social Security tied yeah. it. Yeah. But like you said, it's, it's kind of a particular question. It's very, very narrowed down in particular questions. Yeah, and so if, they're, if they're living on a fixed income and stuff like that, I mean, there's probably not a lot of wiggle room there to, to take money to invest if they can. It's, I don't know if it's enough to really make that big of a difference. And I mean, some of the, if you're buying individual stocks, some of these companies, you know, Amazon stock, which has gone down, but it's like, what, $1,800 a share? Google's $1,000 or $1,200 a share, whatever, yeah. you know, so... Um, anyways, I just don't, I just, you know, um, I just don't know if that would be the thing to do. Yeah. You know, maybe he could, uh, you know, dance on the weekends, make a little bit of extra money and then he'd have extra money to invest. But apart <laughs> from that, there's know, always that. Yeah. Yep. So what's the wrap up here, Jenna? Um, I don't know I why my voice sounds so much different. Yeah. yeah what, what it does. <laughs> All right. Now we're back. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I think it's a similar wrap up as the, the one that we did with Dr. Carly and with Jerry is that don't panic. Like, yeah. I think this panic is causing even more panic. And that's that trickle down of you see other people panicking. So you feel like you should be doing something to also panic. Yep. And that's just throwing, you know, pe- more people into panic and it's affecting it's the economy even more. It's affecting the healthcare system even more. Yeah. Um, don't panic. Don't panic. Seek expert advice. Yes, indeed. And I also think, you know, we talked a lot about your financial foundation. I think just your foundation of who you surround yourself with mm. really has long lasting effects because right now, um, you know, we have you to go to to be like, what should we be doing? Yeah, we, we, we actually have a, a, we have a meeting with Andrew tomorrow night, actually. Yeah, and it's not about the coronavirus, but just for our yeah, for our normal a, planning. A, a check in, and I think you know your financial health should be looked at as your physical health too. You know, you go to your primary care physician once a year for a checkup, and it should be the same thing with your financial health too. Well, and and diet. There's mental diet too. Good in, good out. Bad in, mm-hmm. bad out. Right. So I mean, you know, people should watch what they eat, but people should also watch what they consume what they watch mm-hmm. what they read um because all that has an effect as well the brain is fascinating and you know they've shown the effects of um uh com- the effects that complaining has on the brain yeah. and negative thoughts and everything i mean it mm-hmm. rewires your brain the brain is incredible yes but, it is um you know on the flip side positive thoughts and you know everything like that rewires it a different way that's right Mm -hmm. um and it takes a while to do that so you know um i got in a last thing i know we're wrapping up (laughs) but i i got in a funk a while back me and matt talk uh, a lot you know about uh you know a lot of personal things too and um so he and i have talked about this some but i got in a funk a while back and you know, I just started like, yeah, I'm just going to do the things that I know I need to do to get myself in the mental state. And it's going to, in a good mental state, and it's going to take me some time. So I started, you know, when I watch TV at night before I go to bed or whatever, I would watch, um, you know, things that I thought would bring me back to, you know, I would watch things about Warren Buffett and, and Bill Gates and get ex- inspired. And sure. Be like, oh man, sure. you know, these guys are changing the world. I want to do that kind of stuff too. And I, you know, just stuff that, you know, the stuff that I read and, um, you know, watching, paying attention to your thoughts throughout the day, mm-hmm. going for a walk, you know, things like that. 
all that stuff. I know that sounds, that's the most old person thing I've ever said. You sound but, like me. Yeah. You want to host this podcast? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, um, it makes a huge it's difference. tried and true It does. Stuff. And yep. e- even the Japanese, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name of what they call it, but they have a therapy. This is a legit prescribed therapy. You told me have. that. You told me about that. And I forget the name of it, but it's, it in English, it stands for forest bathing. So they suggest that you go out in nature and just walk around and be in nature, and that has an incredible effect on your mindset and your mood and everything else. So, I mean, taking a nice straw, I was just telling my assistant today, I said, because she started getting up earlier in the morning because she's studying for a test, I said, you should go for a nice little 20, 30-minute walk at, at dawn, or at, uh, at uh, yeah, at dawn. Um, and I was like, and you should, you should you know, you're going to be amazed at the effect it has on you throughout, you know, but just that kind of stuff, guys, goes a long way. How, where did I, what, how did I even get on this? <laughs> <laughs> so the original question uh, was... <laughs> but, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting here and I was trying to find the name of that therapy because you sent it to me. If I find it, I'll put it in the uh, description yeah, below. You Google forest bathing, it'll come up. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, guys, do that. <laughs> or you're going to get some really weird stuff on your Google history, on your Google search history. Well, I mean, I mean we are live. I'm going to do this. Hold on. I got to do it now. Forest bathing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're about to wrap it up. Hang tight. Forest bathing. Rich also think it's, thinks it's stupid, the switching your 401k. Yeah, to. that doesn't make any damn sense. You said it was a... Japanese. It was Japanese. Yeah, maybe Japanese forest bathing or something like that. We got to find it. I mean, we're way too... We're way too involved. If you found in <laughs> if you found it, are you going to be able to pronounce it? <coughs> Absolutely. Here we go. You ready? Shinrin Yoku. That sounds right. That, <laughs> that sounds like the the actual pronunciation for sure. Shinrin Yoku. And guys, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. This has been the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. We want to thank you for listening and invite you to subscribe to the show as well. And follow Matt Lane Fitness on YouTube. Until next time, you don't have to be perfect. Just be better than yesterday every day. S-H-I-N-R-I-N dash Y-O-K-U.